Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there'll be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. What is going on, my friend? Welcome back to the podcast, Domination Show. And on today, I've got another podcaster with me, a guy who I've been working with behind the scenes, um, just as a friend and a colleague, and I've admired his work so much. I wanted to bring him on today to share his story from going from uh, literally no podcast, no podcasting background, no podcast listeners, no fans whatsoever, to uh, essentially a rather large podcast. His show is in the top 200 in iTunes in in the business category, and it has over 350 reviews on, sorry, ratings on Apple Podcasts. So in a relatively short time too, I mean, this is his show, I believe launched in February of 2019. And we did this recording in December of 2019. So less than a year, he's been able to grow rather quickly. Now he shares some things about his past, what he's been doing with courses, and how he used some of his, you know, his already existing client base on another platform to grow his podcast audience. He also shares um, how he thinks of systems and how he creates systems so that he is not stuck doing all the podcasting work and also all the promotion uh, work for his podcast himself. So if you want to grow your podcast, if you want to learn a little bit about systems and how to get yourself out of the woodwork, then this episode is for you. My guest, as I alluded to today, his name is Manoj, and he is the host of the Bootstrapping Your Dreams podcast. So go check out the Bootstrapping Your Dreams podcast on Apple Podcasts and wherever you're listening to this from. So um, I'm not even going to start trying to uh, attempt Manoj's last name. I'm going to say Manoj A. And uh, I hope you enjoy this episode with Manoj. And I hope it helps you grow your podcast faster. I'll see you on the other side. So how do you start a successful podcast that allows you to build your name online build your network, and also helps you bring in leads, customers, and generate a huge audience that is going to love you and love the content you put out. That's the question we aim to solve on this podcast, the podcast domination show. And my goal is to help you figure out what works in growing and monetizing a show and help you implement those strategies in your show today. My name is Luis Diaz. I am pumped to have you here on the Podcast Domination Show. So let's get into today's episode. So Manoush, um, I want to first of all welcome you uh, 
to the show, man. And uh, first of all, I think we talked last, the first time we, t- we spoke was in July and uh, it was for one of my, one of my older clients. And um, I, it was funny because like, I was like, I left, we, we ended after that, I, I stopped working with that client, but um, I knew I was so grateful for the experience because I knew all the connections like you and you were one of them was gonna, definitely going to be another, it's going to lead me to a lot of great things in the future. And that's exactly what happened. So man, so you are the host of the Bootstrapping Your Your Dreams podcast. And yeah. um, it started in February. For those who don't know, I think it's up to like 300, it's 350 plus reviews on iTunes. Um, yeah, yeah. I know you did a great job. Like, you, you were like, you know, new and noteworthy when you came out. So you've like just racked up uh, all the accolades, man. So thank you so much. I know you said before you had some things going on before and you've taken you five or six years to figure this out. So I guess if you could just walk us through the journey of how you got from, you know, where you were to where you are now and just really, I'd love to get into more about what's worked in your podcast, but um, paint the picture for us. Where'd you start off? Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for, um, for having me on the podcast and thank you so much for connecting me with so many wonderful guests. I mean, it has been amazing talking to, you know, these well-known personalities. I cannot even imagine getting like five minutes of their time, but here we are, you know, talking to them one-on-one for half an hour or 40 minutes, uh, actually getting really meaningful advice and they're, you know, learning about their life journey. So thanks a lot. Um, So talking about my own life, you know, as we were saying earlier, we all have some uh, stories, uh, you know, all background experiences that we have uh, had in our lives, uh, which sort of shapes our character and, and, uh, you know, it actually drives us, our decisions and how we conduct ourselves in the world. So for the longest time, I had a difficult uh, life starting from my childhood and everything, uh, which then morphed into a lot of challenges with uh, pessimism and anxiety and all that. And so mm-hmm. all that personal uh, personal mental well-being issues, they, sort of, they were controlling my life and business and everything. Right. And so five, six years ago, I started realizing there is something really wrong here. And um, you know, I, I, I talked to a lot of therapists and psychiatrists and everything. But then I went into uh, spirituality and meditation and that that's when things changed dramatically for me. You know, I saw how I was self-sabotaging myself and, right. and taking actions which were not in line with what I wanted to achieve. So, yeah. you know, I'll take uh, two steps forward and then four steps backwards. And that's <laughs> what typically happens in most people's lives. And, you know, we wonder what the heck is going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and that was a journey, you know, sort of self-discovery and figuring out, you know, what I was doing wrong and, and mm-hmm. trying to address that uh, problem one step at a time. And then uh, as you start to do this, the thing is, you know, none of this was my doing. It was more like just controlling my uh, emotions, my actions, and then things started to fall in place. For example, you know, I, I met a coach in December last year. And he said, you know, okay, you're doing something, you have this expertise, your background in software and IT. But at that time, I was struggling quite a bit, like, you know, uh, in terms of uh, revenue, sales, getting my name out there. Mm-hmm. And then I was struggling in my personal life. Uh, I lost my mom last year. And so mm-hmm. that had a huge impact on me. So now, you know, all these things are coming together. And I was like, okay, you know, I have no idea what, where I'm going to go from here. Right. But then he suggested uh, out of the blue, you start a podcast. I'm like, I don't know anything about podcasting. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't even know whether, it, you know, I'll sound good 
I'm always uh, using these gap filler words. You know, my accent is not native and, you know, I don't know. And he said, give it a try and we'll see. And then I was like, yeah. okay, you know, and then I thought about it and I, you know, started researching, okay, what do I need to launch a podcast? And out of the blue, suddenly I ran into a person who was a expert in helping people in launching podcasts. Ah, cool. And I was like, okay, uh, how do you do this? And he goes like, you know, just sign up for an account and lips in and, you know, we'll record it and put it out there and it'll right. be done. So, and that's when I said, how I started. And then I remember for the first one month, we were trying to get guests and nobody will sign up because it was brand new show and right. nobody knew what we were getting into. And then uh, two, three guests signed up. And then, you know, I was, I was again trying to figure the things out. And I was like, first few episodes, if you go listen, like I was stumbling and didn't know what I was doing <laughs> actually. Right. So totally. in three, four months, I, I mean, I don't really know how it became popular, but in three, four months, it started to catch up and got into the first top 200 uh, business category in iTunes, which was a huge surprise to me. Mm-hmm. So with, when I started looking back and started getting more feedback, what it boiled down to was, you know, generally my own curiosity about learning about people and and, uh, and yeah. also focusing on, you know, because... I'm coming from the same place where most entrepreneurs come from, which is, you know, starting, struggling and figuring mm-hmm. things out. Right. Yeah. And so I want to focus, uh, I want to focus on learning from these people and, and seeing what kind of mistakes they made, what kind of challenges they had and how did they overcome that? And that sort of gives you a whole new way of looking at things. And yeah. then, you know, because we are all, let, let's say, for example, I'm a software engineer. So Whenever I used to face a problem, I used to think, okay, how do I automate it? How do I create a software which can solve <laughs> yeah. this problem? A person with sales background, they'll say, okay, you know, how do I talk to people and sell more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we all have these narrow points of view. But then when you talk to so many people, your thinking uh, broadens, right? Like you're, you, mm-hmm. you can think totally. now in a different way and put together things from different industries, different ways of doing things. And that has been a huge... Um, a learning opportunity for me and right. then I, I share it with the world and I think that's what resonates with people because we are all at certain level and we are all trying to grow and we are all trying to look for that silver bullet or that nugget of information that can help yep. us get there so I mean that has been the story I mean uh, yeah. it was a long-winded answer but I hope I answered it no uh, it, it it definitely did for me two things from my observation two things to stick out to me about you is that one, like you were saying, your your curiosity for people in general makes for a great con, makes for great content. And then number two, I feel like you do a good job of meeting people where they're at, where like yeah, yeah. they don't feel intimidated by you. They don't feel like they feel like you understand them in a sense, mm-hmm. and they feel like I, I I come to you and I'm like I kind of even though we haven't talked much on the phone, we email each other back and forth like once or twice a week for different things. And uh, I feel comfortable, you know what I mean? And some people, I've listened to other shows where I'm like, yeah, the guy's nice, but I don't really resonate with him or he's kind of boring or like, and I'm sure like we've all had those insecurities before, but uh, yeah. I think for me personally, when I see what, what sticks out with you is that you're, 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 you're genuine personality. Um, mm-hmm. I want to rewind a bit and get back into that first um, month or two when nobody was, was kind of was signing up and it was like, oh man, like this is going to be hard to move. Yeah. Um, what do you think 
Well, I, I definitely want to talk about it like this. So what do you think were some of the mistakes you made early on that maybe you've looking back now, you would have changed or corrected? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, later, you know, when I, when I got into uh, this podcasting community, I found out there is a blueprint for planning a podcast, launching yeah. a podcast so that, you know, you make a big splash on week one and you get into top charts and, uh, new and noteworthy and everything. Right. I didn't even know there is such a thing in, as new and note, noteworthy. So long story short, basically I had no planning. I just jumped into it. And so that uh, if I knew something more about, let, let's say if I launch a new podcast now, I think yeah. um, I will handle it much differently. But right. then uh, that whole experience itself is is good. Like, you know, that's what I've learned. Like we can talk about all the strategies, all the tactics, but if you're not enjoying the process, it, it becomes like a, a chore for you. It, it The mm-hmm. outcome is not as, as good. For no. me, it was just like exploring, you know, just like, okay, let's figure it out. Like, you know, we're going to make mistakes, but that's okay. Let's figure it out. And that was my attitude. And so that's why I was not to stress out over not getting guests and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So gotcha. it just organically happened basically. Got it. And for the for the show, I mean, looking back at it now, like you've come a long way, you've interviewed a lot of people. Um, what do you think was kind of like the best, I'm not gonna say best episode, but like best takeaway mm-hmm. from learning and like, and not being stressed. Like I like to, you said like, you know, you weren't stressed, you jumped right into it, not knowing a lot of the things, but you just kind of jumped into it and said, and you did it. Um, yeah. What I'm curious about actually is this, did you have like a certain like, okay, I'm going to do 50 episodes and I'm going to stop or decide yeah. whether I want to keep going or did you have any like kind of predetermined uh, milestones? Yeah. So when I started, you know, I started uh, looking at what other successful podcasters do and generally, right. um, generally, you know, they do like one episode a week um, yeah. and I was like, okay, you know, that seems reasonable to me, uh, one episode, but mm-hmm. uh, we were having trouble getting even one guest for per week. So I think initially it was like one episode per two, three weeks or something like that. Yeah. And then um, when I was approaching other people for guesting on the show, I got a response from somebody which said something along the lines of get to 50 episodes and then talk to me. So I was like, okay, you know, 50 is something mm-hmm. that, you know, a respectable number. So yeah. that's my next milestone. So let's get there as quickly as possible. So, you know, I, I, that was my uh, milestone for getting to 50. And I think Evan Car- Carmichael was 50th guest. And then I think you introduced me to Dan Locke, who was 75th. Yeah. So, you know, as, as we made progress and uh, it started uh, looking like this is something real, it's growing. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, you know, there was no threshold at that point because i started enjoying enjoying talking to so many people gathering all yeah. this information and the funny thing is like there have been people who are mega successful like right like dan Locke mm-hmm. is known everywhere yeah there have been people who are you know more obscure like not very well known but i got so much information even out of those people like that sort of um, gave me two big lessons one is we can learn from anyone Right. So we, we don't need to go after like celebrities and well-known people, like even (laughs) people with, you know, you and I regular lives, like we can learn so much from each other. Secondly, um, you know, people are genuinely helpful. And because uh, I never used to think like, you know, I used to think that once you make money, you know, you you don't really care about other people. I mean, that's the conventional. Yeah. You change. Right. 
Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, there is a little bit of that. I mean, of course, you know, when you when you are financially free and you're successful, uh, your life. personality changes a little bit for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not you don't disconnect from the world, which is what I have learned through podcasting. You know, you, mm-hmm. you're still the same uh, person. It's just that we put uh, these people on the pedestal. Yeah. And think that, oh, you know, we, I, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, good enough to approach them or whatever. So if we just get out of our own way and we approach them, they're very nice people to talk to and helpful and very open and honest and everything. So these two things have been really, really uh, life-changing for me. Got it. Now, I would be remiss if I um, went, did this interview and I didn't ask you specifically, because I'm sure people are listening to this now and they're like, how did he grow his podcast so fast? Or how did he like, yes, he has a great personality and he has great genuine curiosity. Yes, he has great guests on his show, but it wasn't always like that. So mm-hmm. what were some things like, um, I know you, I remember you telling me once you have a, you have a Udemy on it, audience. Like yeah, you have some courses yeah. on Udemy. And mm-hmm. for those that don't know what Udemy is, it's like an online platform that allows you to buy courses at a great price. I mean, I literally learned podcasting from Udemy. Like my mm-hmm. first shot at pot, I took a, like a $10 Udemy course and I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did it for like six weeks and I, I lost my show. But yeah. um how did you leverage that audience? How did you kind of leverage? Because you say you were saying like you have you're you have a software and technology background. Mm-hmm. You're uh, a fractional CTO, if I if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. So those like most of those guys I meet aren't the most exciting or engaging. Not saying you're mm-hmm. not Manoush because you are, mm-hmm. but <laughs> you're an exception. Um, no, I I but, completely uh, know where you're coming from. Yeah. So what were some of the things you did to help grow your audience? Was it the Udemy? Was it something else? Um, what are some of the strategies you used? So, I mean, it is kind of embarrassing. Okay. Like, uh, as you said, like I'm, I'm coming from a tech background known, I knew nothing about marketing and, um, you know, I was like, why do people are so hooked on to social media? And, you know, it's like, Mm. it's just a waste of time for me, you know, and I never used to go to Facebook or anything like that. Udemy, I have about 125,000 students. I was like, okay. I'm sharing knowledge. So that's good. I never mm. thought, you know, this is a captive audience. Like, how do I, like, how do I provide more value to them or how do I, you know, um, yeah. uh, leverage them in, in some way in a mutually beneficial manner, because I never yeah. uh, thought about people that way. Um, mm. It was like more like, okay, you know, I know what I'm capable of. If they, if they want some of my uh, services, they will come to me. I mean, that was, a, right. that was the mindset I had. But then slowly I realized, okay, you know, I can uh, provide more value by sharing my episodes with the Udemy students. Mm. So I used to do that. And then um, the embarrassing part was I, I didn't do, you know, anything out of the ordinary. Basically, whenever I used to go to parties or get togethers or anything like that, yeah. I just used to say, hey, uh, can I borrow your phone? I used to borrow <laughs> their phone, go to yeah. iTunes, uh, <laughs> and I used to write a review yep. on their phone from them. And... Um, and that's how I got like 10, 15 reviews. Now, right. to be honest, I, I asked them to listen to a couple of episodes first. Yeah. They did appreciate it. And only then I, I did, you know, this sort of a forced uh, review. And yeah. um, that was... You're just writing it for you know, them. That's all. They exactly, said it, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that was my way of, you know, marketing myself. So... I love it. Uh, very low touch and, and a crude way of uh, getting things going. I mean, that's... Yeah the whole theme of uh, the show bootstrapping. So yeah. I just basically bootstrapped <laughs> some reviews and go went from there. 
Well, there you go. You live it and you talk it, man. I love it because, uh, so it reminds me because I've got a client like this and, uh, they're co-hosts. One of the co-hosts, like wherever they go out to eat or they go in an Uber, like they'll get the Uber to guy to like, to freaking subscribe. They'll get the waitress yeah. to subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody's yeah. so like, and I did the same thing. Like people ask me like, you know, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, I'm a podcast producer. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, yeah. and I'm like, let me see your phone. And I just grab the phone. I don't leave a review. That's a smart thing to start doing. Um, <laughs> but I will, I, I subscribe to my show and I say, Hey, just check it out when you have a chance. Yeah, and, yeah. um, I like also like your title, which you can dive into that in a second, but just doing that from this, from the get go, I think just being active in parties and like that is huge. Cause there was a study I think done last year that talked about like how podcasts actually grow. And, mm-hmm. um, I'll have to find the, the link and link to it in the, in the show notes. It was a, an article on, um, the podcast host.com. Okay. And, um, they did an, a study and it's like people grow, the shows grow because people talk about them, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. um, people are actually going to mention, Oh, I like Manusha's show. You should check it out to like five friends. And then they go and listen and then it kind of repeats itself over and over. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, um, yeah. So yeah, that makes sense, man. That makes sense. Um, yeah. What else were some things you think early on that helped you really grow? I think the Udemy audience is a great, great thing. Yeah. Great, Udemy great and then um, LinkedIn, uh, I have about 18, 19,000 connections on LinkedIn. And again, okay. you know, I was trying to figure out how to utilize LinkedIn. You know, two years ago, I used to copy uh, links to CNN articles and post it on LinkedIn. I, I was mm-hmm. like, and I was doing it daily, you know, two or three times oh, wow. and Nobody was uh, clicking on them. Nobody was, nobody was noticing it. I'm yeah. like, I'm posting so much content. What is going on? You know? Yeah. And then when I started my podcast, I started looking at what other people are doing. And then uh, again, you know, I made the mistake. I kept posting my episodes on, uh, on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn. And then again, you know, nobody responded. I'm like, okay, I, you know, something's wrong here. So slowly I realized you really need to provide value. Like, you know, if you're posting content, you need to be consistent. You mm-hmm. need to provide like unique value. And then, you know, once in a while you can add something promotional about yourself. This right. is for LinkedIn. And so, you know, all this um, sort of the psychology of the platform, you need to understand once you start using it. So it took me two, three months to dial it down and, and figure out, you know, how to publish content. And then yeah. that also gave me some boost around um, on the podcast. And then the other good thing is like, I, I, I'll be honest, like, you know, everything I'm talking about here, most of it I learned on podcast. So it was like a, a yeah. feedback loop, right? right. Um, one time I had a, a marketing expert, a social media expert on the podcast. And towards the end of the the interview, she said, you know, I, I, I really... Um, I'm really concerned or, you know, she expressed her her, uh, disappointment that most people who are running their podcast, they don't do enough to promote it. And, you know, they don't (laughs) uh, tag, they don't tag their guests. They don't share information (laughs) with their guests. True. Like, well, okay, that's me. I don't do that. So I should be doing that. And so, you know, we started doing that. So as we learn more and more things, you know, we start to incorporate it. I think the YouTube channel, you know, when we started publishing videos on YouTube, uh, yeah. It was not getting any traction. And then I noticed how some of the, like, I think Larry King, Larry King mm-hmm. uh, interviews on YouTube, what they do is they actually add some highlights in the, in the front uh, oh, okay. yeah. be- before the intro. Yes, uh, and that tells the, tells the viewer, like, you know, what is coming in the interview. So, so they right. get hooked on earlier on. So I started 
you know, adding those type of tweaks. So yeah. these are all the little tweaks you make and you learn and keep iterating, totally. keep iterating. You know, that's the whole process. Yeah, I love that. And it's so funny because, so I'm sure like, what, do you know what the name was of the marketing expert or like the, what episode it was? Cause um, be... I can look it up. I can look it okay. up. Uh, cool. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. she probably gave some great information there we could learn mm. from. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, with the podcast, I have the same thing where I'll have guests come on and I'll learn from them. Mm. And then I'll go back like six months later and I'll listen to their, listen to the episode. <laughs> so yeah, what did they say yeah. again? Yeah, um, exactly. So you're, you're building like a, a repository of like great information, whether you mm. use it or someone else uses it. Um, it's great to have. Yeah, I've used yeah. it to write my book um, last year, actually. So it's it's super super helpful. It helped me write my own book. So I'm really glad I had it. Um, yeah, for sure. For for you. So you, oh, one question about LinkedIn I had. So it took you about two or three months to actually figure it out. What was your posting frequency like, and what is it today? Like, are you posting three times a week? You know, four times a week. What's the cadence? So uh, for me, I, you know, uh, one thing that I suffer from is. Um, this feeling of like impatience, like I want to do um, <laughs> yeah. as much as possible, as quickly as possible. So when yeah. I first started, you know, when I first started doing custom content on LinkedIn, I was doing like four posts a day, right? And wow. I was like, you know, let's just go and mm-hmm. fill it up with content. And then slowly I realized, you know, people are getting tired. They lose, uh, they lose the interest after second or third post. Yeah. So then I started figuring out, okay, at the most, we just need to make one post. And mm. the other thing is what I realized was we try to target as many people as possible, but that's the wrong approach because we are targeting some specific type of people. So yeah. even if they you know, don't like your post or they don't view, uh, as long as you're you know, hitting that audience consistently over and over again, providing more and more value, right. they start to gravitate towards you. Because a lot of times you know, I see uh, very low engagement on a post but then I will receive a direct message from somebody saying, okay, I saw your post, you know, um, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, tell me more about what you do and all that. Right. So yeah. people may not really react to yeah. the content, but if it's providing value, they do take notice. And, yep. uh, and so now I do uh, maybe one or two posts maximum a day. And uh, I try to rotate it between providing value, talking about mindset, talk, talking about softer uh, uh yeah. you know soft skills and things related to like how you can control your own mind and and uh, create your own life uh, but yeah i mean so you address uh, your target audience and uh, and be consistent basically got it so one to two times a day still to this day you're just yeah, yeah, one yeah. to two times a day cool yeah. is that your main platform for like sharing podcast stuff or is there any besides you to me no i was trying to get uh, you know i was trying to get more traction on linkedin and uh, it has been going good, but I also started doing Facebook. So what I realized was on LinkedIn, the softer, skill, uh, softer stuff like mindset and things like that, it yeah. doesn't do as well because, you know, people are more focused on business, business and, and more like objective stuff, right? So yeah. I post more related to objective like uh, software and IT and those type of things. Right. But on Facebook, the soft skills and mindset things, they do better. Tend to work. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, you know, um, like I think I have a good understanding of how Facebook and LinkedIn works. Mm. Uh, Twitter and Instagram will be next. Like I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm still trying uh, to figure that out. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a different animal altogether. So um, let's see. Uh, but I, but you know what? Like 
even if you master one platform i think that's yeah. more than enough you know yeah. you, you cannot handle all you need is like 10 20 really good customers and you're pretty much set you're so yeah mm-hmm. i i agree with that and uh the the thing you said previously about um this is really important for people to hear i think this is really really important i didn't realize this either about social media is even if they don't engage it does not mean they don't see it they may not yeah. like it they may not comment but you will get a dm in a few months saying hey i've been reading your posts and like well why the hell didn't you freaking tag me or like say good posts or like i like this people just don't want to be they just want to hide in the shadows mm-hmm. until their pain point is big enough yeah and to make someone want to go and dm you and it's yeah. so funny and like even me telling myself this i've been off my my facebook social like posting game just because i've been busy with a lot of new client work but uh it's so true you're right there i think that's a really big point important part for people to say cuz as humans we always look for like the likes or the comments mm-hmm. but that doesn't judge it doesn't account for the people who have seen it impacted been impacted by it and then they're just like you're just kind of chipping away at their resistance yeah. <laughs> one piece at a time Yeah you said it very very well like chipping away uh, the resistance yeah, yeah exactly so i think it's um something i i need to like listen to this episode again just remind myself like just because they haven't liked it doesn't mean they haven't seen it so yeah. very very so i mean you, you you look at some stats like you know 95% of the people they don't interact with any content but they are mm-hmm. they sort of read they lurk around yeah. um and <laughs> exactly what they do. videos for example videos online average watch time of a video uh, any type of video is 6 seconds so wow. you know when we see youtube stats like you know we see oh they watched 37 seconds man this video didn't do good you know whatever right mm. but the fact is that if most people watch only 6 seconds of video and you know your video is up to 30 second 40 30 seconds second. that like yeah that's like five times more engagement than the regular video so you really need to understand all this uh, you know stuff and and then the other thing is like when you start to understand this you start beating yourself again you know okay it's not mm-hmm. working and you know yeah. that way that way you can keep going encourage yourself and keep yourself motivated i agree right there i think that's the biggest thing with podcasts too mm-hmm. is that people take a it takes a month or two months to really launch this thing if you have like a normal busy life you know <laughs> um So I've always challenged myself I a side note I've always thought I could, maybe I'll do a challenge one day if, if see if I can launch a brand new podcast in one day um yeah, yeah. start to finish. But yeah like the same thing with podcasts like people get so discouraged because they don't see the results right away. They still have 12 reviews for like a year and they're like damn like no one's listening. But what you're saying there is so true cuz like we'll take videos for a second. If the average video gets 6 seconds watch time and your show your your YouTube video is getting 37 seconds it's like you're doing really good. Um yeah. the numbers could be better but at the end of the day if you use that in a way you're just saying to psych yourself up like I'm doing good like this is working um yeah. it'll keep you going as opposed to just stopping right there which exactly. I know I've done that yeah. before yeah. a lot of things yeah. so yeah. so I appreciate that yeah and yeah. then one more thing I will say here is like um you know as you said earlier as well you have been off Facebook um try to look for virtual assistants they have they are a godsend mm-hmm. like you know uh basically it takes time to gel well and then you know to get to know them and but right. the, but the fact is like once you have set it up the system it's yeah. repeatable and it's consistent so you uh, are not under stress every day like you know what i'm going to do today what i'm going to post today right uh, so they take quite a bit of 
the heavy lifting off your plate. But again, you need to be involved because you know it needs concept. to be your voice. Yeah, it needs yeah. to be your voice and everything. So look into that. Like you know, it's it's very very reasonable price. Um, yeah. These VAs are eager and they have perfect English and everything. So yeah. do look into that. It helps uh, helps a lot. Totally. Um, that's a great, great, great segue into next thing is like teams and systems. I know you've got a podcast team. Um, I've got a podcast team. My team doesn't do much on the social side, which would be, mm-hmm. which makes sense. So thank you for that. I think we're definitely going to, I'm probably going to do a hiring, hiring an executive assistant because that's mm-hmm. kind of my next hire right now. It's like, yeah. I've got a team of 11 people that handle like mm-hmm. the agency stuff, but yeah. one or two work with me kind of on my own personal brand. So yeah. for you, do you have a dedicated podcast person and a dedicated social media person? Um, no, how does no. it work? No, so I have a, uh, a small team of three people and right. they are working on podcasts and content and some courses. So we, you know, we sort of have a way of allocating certain portion of our day towards one activity. So we, you know, based on what is going on, we can sort of be elastic in, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, what, totally. where do we allocate the time? So for example, right now we allocate like, two or three hours on social media and the rest on the actual content that we are producing for courses and coaching sessions and whatnot. Um, So that's how it works. And then I have, you know, as, as everybody, I have a network of partners, vendors, freelancers, we can bring in as we need. So if there's any specific project that is going on, I can reach out to them and, and get it all done. So it's all about figuring out who can help us, not how we can get it done because you know, that's another trap entrepreneurs fall into. Like, you know, they start to figure out, I need a logo. Let me learn Photoshop. And, you know, next thing <laughs> yeah. you know, three months, three months yeah. have gone by and we don't have a logo, but you can go to Fiverr, pay, you know, 10 bucks to somebody yeah. and get a, get a logo. So, right. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, I stay in my lane of podcasting because I've got the systems, the plans, the strat, like the, the templates, mm-hmm. but I don't know shit about like Facebook ads. So I hire mm-hmm. that out or I don't yeah, know anything exactly. about building funnels. So, um, I want to sit there for a second, if you can, and just talk a little bit more about the team. And like, first of all, I'll start off with, so you said like part of the day is dedicated to say maybe social media. What are they doing on social media? Are they just posting? Are they engaging? What are some yeah. of their activities? So it's mostly posting because engagement, I do that myself because, uh, you know, uh, that's where the gold is. Mm-hmm. Um, when you engage with comments and reply to comments, then that's when, you know, real conversations happen on social media, which then move on to private conversations later on. But they, uh, the team actually does the research on what needs to be posted. Comes, uh, they come up with a calendar, uh, content calendar. They come up with the rough draft. Then we have a approval process where I review them, the mm-hmm. content, edit it, and then I approve it. And then they create graphics out of it or whatever, and then they post it. They schedule it. Um, and then once the content has been posted, if there's any engagement or any people who have liked the content or whatever, then you, it's my responsibility to reach out and, and yeah, engage with them. Got it. Got it. So that's the social media side. Um, I know you said they build courses, which for me, that's a whole other thing. We can talk yeah. about a separate conversation, but when it comes to just the podcast, like, so with you, obviously you're the talent, you're the host of the podcast. Um, after you record it, do you just like, for me, like I send it to my team and then do everything else. And I'll yeah, just, yeah. I have a review process. Like you, like you kind of like, I review it like, okay, it goes out and then we go from there. But, yeah. um, for you, how does it work with your process? Like, do you do the editing as well or no. what else are you, are you involved in? Same thing, same thing. Uh, you know, initially, so the way that I do, do things is like first few 
uh, times I do everything so that I yeah. know exactly, you know, what uh, triggers to, uh, what are the levers that I can pull and wh right. what are the intricacies, like, you know, what do we need to be careful about? So once I get familiar with it, then I hand it over to the team and then sort of, you know, monitor their process initially. And yeah. then because they need some time to tweak their process as well. And totally. so once, you know, they have done three, four, five of these things, they get to a point where I can sort of let them go and, and just check in once in a while. Uh, that's how I work so that, you know, I can keep delegating and keep uh, expanding my own capacity to do things. And so yeah. that's how I, how I do it. And then uh, on my show, what we do is we don't have a, like I, I prepare a custom questionnaire for each guest uh, based okay. on their profile. So, you know, I want to talk about their books that they have written, take some quotes from their, uh, you know, their blogs or what have mm -hmm. you, because that's what gives a custom touch, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I have a writer, they do the research, they come up with the questionnaire and there's enough questions for me to go for three, four hours. But I mean, um, <laughs> the reason is because, you know, depending upon where the conversation is going, I can yeah. scan the questions and then I can sort of pick the right one because it's kind of, sometimes it's difficult to come up with the right question in the moment. And yeah. that's when sort of the conversation becomes awkward, right? Yep. That's why I, I like to have a whole bunch of questions in front of me. I can pick the right one and keep the conversation going. Right. Yeah. That was always my funnest part. And to your point, yeah, that awkward silence is like, oh, what's the next question I need to ask? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, trust me. I've been there. Like it's almost every single interview. It's like, uh, what was I going to ask? Yes. Or yeah, yeah. this is something that no one talks about that I'm sure we can probably, we can attest to. It's like you have a question in your head because of someone, something they said. Yeah, but then yeah. They keep going. They keep going, and then by the time they stop, you forget the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens so many times. Yeah. And then that is where you know the, a custom list of questions they they come in handy because yes, as, because the mind starts to panic. What the heck is going on now? What do I ask? And then yeah. and then if I have a question set in front of me, then I okay, you know, it's okay. We'll figure it out. And then yeah. Answer the questions. Exactly. Yeah, that happens to me almost every single interview. A couple times this interview I had some great questions, and I was like. Oh no, I forgot it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, but no, that happens a lot. I think it's some super super important. Um, so you've got a you got a team behind you. I know you said you do some of this. You do it like all yourself in the beginning. What was like the I'd say the like the biggest lift off your shoulders once you finally delegated it? Because we all know there's show notes, there's prep before the interview, there's the actual interview, there's yeah. editing, promotion, and everything else. What was the biggest thing? The weight off your shoulder once you delegated it? You were like. Thank God. Well, everything. I mean, see, the thing is like, once you realize what you enjoy doing, uh, yes. which is me talking to people, I really enjoy it. Everything else is like, um, how can I say it? It's like a, it's like an essential evil almost, you know, mm -hmm. I, I need to have the editing done and the, and, the, uh -huh. and the promotion done and everything. Like I could care less about that if, if it was not for actual podcasting. Right. So, right. Uh, pretty much everything I delegated and I'm so happy about that, that I can just focus on, uh, you know, looking at my calendar and say, okay, today I have two uh, interviews scheduled. Do I have the questionnaire ready? That's it. And mm -hmm. that's all I need to know in the morning. And then uh, when the time comes, I'd open up the questionnaire, log into Zoom. And yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty much all I have to do and just upload the file and everything else just is taken care of. And that's how I like it because then I can really focus on, on learning more about podcasting, learning, yeah. you know, focusing on, you know, improving the art rather than focusing on the plumbing and the, and the, and the yeah. mechanics of it. 
Yep, 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 totally. Uh, that makes 100% sense. Uh, my first podcast actually failed with like 12 episodes in because I was so sick and tired of doing my own show notes. And then the second time I went around and did it and I was like, okay, I finally, I got this now. I figured out how to hire a team and all the other stuff. But initially it's so, it's so mind wrenching. It's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know, so, I know. I totally understand see, that. See, that is the thing, like um, going back to this, like, you know, this is all what we have in our minds, right? So mm -hmm. there are things which we don't like and there are things which we absolutely love. But if, you, if you're not self-aware enough and you don't like think deeply about this, the things which you don't like are uh, not the important things, but they will actually stop you in your tracks, mm -hmm. you know, from accomplishing big things, right? Right. So once you come to that realization, you can say, okay, these are small things, you know, these, these don't need a lot of, uh, you know, skill sets that I possess and yeah. I'm, I may not be even good at it. So why not just, you know, give it to somebody else, let them do it. And then I focus on what I'm good at it or what I enjoy doing. And, right. and that's when, you know, things start to move along. Uh, nicely. Totally. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. That's been my biggest realization in, in being in business is like, if you suck at it, you need to delegate it or delete it. Um, yeah. cause if you, you doing it is going to mess things up. Like my team knows like when I'm in certain things, they know it's problem. Like you need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You only mess this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I let yeah. them do it. Um, but, uh, Manuj, I want to turn the table on you and ask if you have any questions for me. That, yeah, uh, yeah, I have, I, I, I have that question which I asked before the interview. How the heck do you connect with so many oh. <laughs> uh, well-known names? How many celebrities? I want to know your secret. Okay, great. That's a great question because, um, like anybody, I started with no connections, and um, I literally was well, wasn't really popular in high school. I would say, and in college, I was even worse. So initially, when I started out. I like everyone. I watch. I listen to podcasts. I watched YouTube channels. I was like in awe of these people, and I was like, "How do I get around them?" The way mm -hmm. I got around them was going to events. I paid money. Mm -hmm. I went to their events. I said, "Hey, man!" And, and what I also did, which I look back on, that was really cool, and it helped me a lot. In my career was um, my first podcast client. I actually did it for him for free for like eight mm -hmm. months, and I yeah, got yeah. great results. But I did that by listening. So I was in this seminar. I paid like $5,000 when I didn't have $5,000 to go to this small seminar. And um, the one of the guys who I wanted to work with, he said he's having a problem with his podcast. And I was like, oh, I know podcasting. So it's one, it's, I just paid my way to get into these rooms. And then literally, I took my chances when I, when I found a way to add value to someone's life, I, yeah. I put my hand up and said, hey, I can help you with that. And that's literally kind of sprung my, my career. Um, the second way I've done it is by sending gifts. So we all listen mm -hmm. to podcasts and we all hear people, sometimes they'll drop a note like, oh, I need help with this. Or maybe a host will say, oh, I had trouble with that. Or I'd love to have this. What I've done in the past is I've listened to that and I've sent people, I've had to dig through and find their addresses of, on the, online. Oh, okay. And yeah. I send them presents like, hey, my name is Lewis. I heard you were having trouble with this. So I thought I'd send you this. Right. And it's literally got me clients. It's got me connections. It's opened doors for me. So man, like those are the two biggest ways, like pay to get you, get yourself in the room. Cause it, it shoots you up the ladder to get interviews yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so much faster. And then the second one is like, listen to podcasts and just listen for what they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you can send them things. I think uh, awesome. for me, yeah, I think that's it. Um, 
I'm trying to think of another one, but I think those have been the two biggest needle movers for me. See, is, see right uh, there. I mean, that's, uh, you know, somebody who will follow through, listen to this advice and follow through that's gold right there. I mean, it yeah. could be life changing, right? So these, this is what I'm talking about. Like, you know, just having this conversation and these, uh, you know, three minutes, uh, mm-hmm. if somebody listens to, to this and yeah. then implements that, like it could actually literally change their life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, that's been the biggest thing and then not being afraid to spend the money. Um, mm-hmm. cause you look at it, I, I had to, I forget where I learned this from, but, um, I think, uh, it was a couple of years ago, I was still podcast and they were like, well, f- if you look back and you spend $500 or a thousand dollars on that ticket, will that make you broke? Mm-hmm. Or just that one event, will that make you broke? Like probably not. Like you can get back from a thousand dollars in debt pretty easily. Just go work yeah, yeah. a job and eat ramen noodle for a month. So yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think like we think of those things like, oh, wow, $1,000, that's a lot of, for a ticket. It's like, well, what if you meet this person that events like, yeah. and you build a relationship? Like, um, oh, a guy I need to connect you with, Sharan Shabatsa. He has been an amazing mentor and a friend to me. And he's a, he, he, saw, he went, took a company from $300 million to $3 billion. Wow. How, does a, how does a guy my, like me, no credibility, you know, nothing, gets to be like good friends with a guy like Sharon who's on Inc mm-hmm. and Forbes and like, he's a celebrity. Um, yeah. It's because I, I literally just got in the room with him. Yeah. <laughs> like he came and sat in the back of the, in the, of this event that I was at, at yeah. our little table and we started talking. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, you know, um, here's uh, here's what happens uh, just to sort of unpack that. Right. Yeah. So one is like, as you mentioned, if you don't think about, if you're scared about spending money, that means you're already in a scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. meaning you think that there is only a limited amount of money in the world and mm-hmm. you, everybody's trying to get that money, right? But the fact is that, you know, it's, it's ever growing. The wealth is ever growing. Yes. Uh, so if you think about it that way, then you can say like, you know, it's just like recycling of uh, water into clouds and then rain. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're recycling that, that energy by spending money. You're setting up uh, yourself for success to gain more money. But if you you don't spend it, it's sort of like, it's a, it's a blockage in the system where, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. moving fast enough. And then, as you said, like, if you get into that kind of positive mindset, things start to happen coincidentally. Like, you know, as you said, like somebody sat next to you, you may think it is a coincidence, but actually you actually designed it such that, you know, this happens in your life. And, and uh, that's what the magic is. Like, you know, once you get into that kind of state of mind and just getting things done, um, things which seemed impossible, they start to happen. It's like, wow, uh, did that just happen? Like, how did that happen to me? I didn't know yeah, that, uh, you know, this was possible, right? That's a hundred percent true. I love how you unpack that, Manoush, because like that, uh, that's been the story of my life. Like I have tried, I put it out there and then I, not every time it came back, but sometimes it yeah. came back and when it did come back, it came back in a big way. So, um, Bootstrapping Your Dreams podcast is where people can find you on iTunes. But if people want to connect with you uh, personally, they want to hear about what, what you have going on on Udemy, what's the best place for them to go? Yeah. So Udemy, I mean, um, uh, like, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. Maybe we can talk about that <laughs> later <laughs> someday. Um, but uh, find me on LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, check out my website, tetranoodle.com. There are some free goodies, uh, some free video series on the homepage you can sign up for, particularly if you're an online entrepreneur or tech startup founder. It'll help you with your technology, mindset, and a whole bunch of other things. Okay. Technology, founders, and CEOs, um, 
Tetra Noodle, T-E-T-R-A-N, and then R-A-N. Double O, yeah, double O-D-L-E. Okay, Tetra Noodle, okay. Yeah. I have to ask you about the name. How'd you come up with that name? What's that? Uh, yeah, so um, so uh, originally I started my company in 2000, so it's been mm-hmm. it's been a while. Yeah. Um, back then it was called Spider Communications, and, and the reason was because the web was coming up and, you know, it was new, and so I wanted to do something related to the web, and that's when, ah. <laughs> uh, you know, spider came. And then uh, communications was more like, you know, internet is all about communications. Yep. But then in 2010, 2012, people started asking me, oh, do you have a phone company or, you know, what is it about? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not a phone company. It's a right. software consulting company. So then I, I started thinking about changing the name. And one day uh, I was sitting down with my friends in a restaurant. There's a popular restaurant in Vancouver called Noodle Box. So mm-hmm. we were saying, okay, you know, just uh, thinking about names and, I came up with the name Square Noodle from Noodle Box. Yeah. And they said, yeah, I mean, that sounds cool, Square Noodle. And so then, uh, you know, I started working on the name. And when I started reg- uh, try to register, I think Square Noodle was not available. So then I s- switched Square to Tetra, and that's how the, the name. Uh, Got it. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at it, I was like, because I know his, you know, I didn't think your, your company's name isn't that name. This is a podcast. So I was confused as to what it was when I first saw you, but um, that, that makes more sense now. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, you know, this is a, this is a good uh, way to describe, like you know, peel the curtains off. Like when you don't know something, you just make up things and, you know, you just you go. go with it and see how, how it uh, turns out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people I know scared to start podcasts or other things too. And um, it's like, well, what's the risk? What's the reward? Are you going to lose out big if you mess something up? It's like, usually no. So yeah. um, it's a great reminder, dude. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for your time, Anoush. And uh, thank you for building the awesome podcast that you have. And I hope it just continues to grow. Well, thank you so much for having me and for such an interesting conversation. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, and don't forget, I have a number of free bonuses for you. That's, yes, these are free templates, guides, and stuff that I've actually included in my recent book, How to Get Your First 100,000 Downloads in 100 Days. But you don't even have to buy the book. I'm just going to give this to you for free. All you have to do is go to Lewis Ryan, Luis Ryan, L-U-I-S-R-Y-A-N.com forward slash book. There is a simple form where you fill out your name and your email and you get a ton of free stuff, all the templates and guides that I included in the book, but you don't have to buy the book. So you're saving yourself a chunk of money. Um, that literally will take you probably less than two minutes to accomplish or perform. So enjoy that. That's my gift to you. Use it. Don't just let it fall by the wayside. And I'll see you on the next episode.